You have reached the Geek Elite. Good luck. Welcome back to another episode of Love of Pages, the Geek Elite Media Network virtual book club podcast, because we had to come up with something to do during COVID. <laughs> so we decided to get together, and uh, this is your podcast where four friends get to torture each other, encourage each other, maybe blackmail each other with new books. <laughs> Uh, with, I'm Elizabeth. With me, as always, is Naima. Hi there. Jessica. Hello. And Steven. That's me. That's you. Uh, so this week, we are jumping in, we are on week three of our Sherlock mm-hmm. marathon, and mm-hmm. we are reading Naima's pick, Arsene Lupin versus Herlock Schlomes. Schlomes! What? <laughs> Both you and Naima put the L after. After the Sherlock Holmes now. They've let that go and they put the audiobook and the book with the actual name. So it's yeah. fine. It's fine yeah. to say Sherlock Holmes. Holmes? You, you you can just call you can just call him Holmes now. Yeah. Honestly, okay. honestly, you do realize I'm going to butcher all of the names no, for no. the entirety of this podcast. I don't think you need to say any names because, like, in throughout the book, they refer to one character for the whole thing as just the blonde lady. Yeah, that's for the blonde lady. That's not for the Jewish lamp. Um, this is true. But you've got Ganimard, uh, the, d- uh, the detective, Monsieur Ganimard, uh, Ganimard. Ganymon? Yeah. There is no O or N in that. <laughs> <laughs> I protest. Um, and you have... Oh, the French language. <laughs> uh, Monsieur Dubois? Dubois, yeah. yeah. Dubois. Dubois is one we know. And Madame de Real? At least that's how I'm pronouncing it. I'm sure it's actually that's fine. pronouncing that's fine. something else. For this one, honestly, I'm I'm most curious. How do you say the main character? Well, the the lovable Arthur. rogue bad guy. No, 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 not um, her. Oh, how do you say it? How do you choose to say it, Elizabeth? No. I send Lupin. Lupin. That's fair. That's fair. Yeah. Everyone, because I'm trying to mimic how Naima said it to it when to when she introduced the book. <laughs> um, if I were going to just read this, it would be Arson Lupin. Lupin. <laughs> Lupin the third. <laughs> that, that's who I thought of the entire time. The entire time. The whole time. The string was the anime Lupin the third guy. Yeah, and like the, the blonde lady was uh, was Fujiko. Uh, <laughs> and I would I would like to point out that at one point in this book, when they are talking about Gurman. Is that how we're now pronouncing yeah. the detective's name? Uh, just when Arsene, Arsene, when our narrator, Arsene Lupin's friend, um, is describing him, they call Herlock Sholmes. Sherlock? Sherlock. Yeah, you can say Holmes. Sherlock. It's good now. The copyright's going. <laughs> <laughs> but 
they actually write it, Sherlock Holmes? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Wait. Yeah, they, they address it in it, the beginning. It's the only point. Yeah. Hmm. It, so, backstory for everyone listening. The book was originally written as Arsene Lupin versus Sherlock Holmes. Um, no, Her- Herlock Holmes. No, no. Okay, I got you. Okay, I got you. I see. Yeah. Holmes, um, Maurice LeBlanc, who is the author of the series, when he first introduced Sherlock, was asked by the author of Sherlock Holmes, Conan Doyle, to rename the character <laughs> so there wasn't any confusion. And he just obliged. So he was like, yeah, sure, I'll rename it. And then that's where the he so cleverly came up with Herlock Holmes. Holmes. Who makes the last name almost impossible to say? Like I can say Arsene Lupin so much easier than I can say. <laughs> I can't say any of these names, and I do appreciate that it's just Wilson, no yeah. doctor, no first name, just Wilson. Wilson, pretty much useless Wilson. Too. Hey, no, that's not true. Yeah. He he got the the number of tiles, like the number thing that was he, written on the floor. Well, for one second, and Sherlock was very happy. He was yeah. like, oh, look at you. anything else? And he was like, no. And he was like, well, that was no, useful. I, I, no, I, what, what he said in that part was like, ah, what a shame. And your debut was so bright, basically. It was wonderful. <laughs> so, as is common in most book clubs I've ever partaken in, we are drinking beverages. So, this week, I am lazy because it's been it's been a week. So I am drinking red wine because we're in France and why not? Agreed. <laughs> uh, not great with cocktails. I'm getting there. I tried. I thought about it and I was like, I'm going to mix all these things. And I was afraid it was going to taste terrible and I'd have to sit here with it. So we, we went for the classic wine. It is both French and very classic and gentleman-like. And we're dealing with it. Yeah. Well, Lupin is French, and then also Sherlock Holmes. One of the drinks that he liked it was French wines. So, and that works great. For him. <laughs> <laughs> and Jessica, uh, what are you drinking? Well, I had a week as well, but I chose hard liquor. <laughs> <laughs> um, You're a better person than I. So I tried to find something that I could easily make with the limited supplies I had, but also dealt with the book. And so when I looked up Lupin drinks, there is apparently a bar called Lupin, which does a bunch of classic cocktails. Yeah. And they are intentionally named after Arsene mm-hmm. Lupin. And they make a thunderclap, which I thought is a good tie between English, yeah, I know, <laughs> English and French. So it's, it's literally just gin, whiskey, and typically it's brandy, but I chose cognac to make it a little bit more Frenchy. Um, it's literally just three quarters of an ounce of each, and you shake it, and you pour it in. So it's just straight liquor, but three different <laughs> kinds. <laughs> just straight. There's not even a squeeze of lemon in it. Brandy. I haven't even tried it yet. <laughs> and Stephen, what are you drinking this evening? I was limited to what... Let, let us guess before Stephen announces it. What okay. do we think he's drinking? Naima knows. I can't guess. Uh, Jessica, <laughs> what do you think he's drinking? Some kind of tea. Okay. Okay, you're going to go with tea? I'm going to go with some sort of energy drink. Okay, hold on. I'm just going to let everyone know in French. It's like, uh, anything. <laughs> <laughs> anything. <laughs> Yeah, no, it, um, it's it, French I, was not one of my languages. I I had to go with what we had on hand also, and so I have I have water. Yeah. <laughs> I'm so much better in French. 
Is it at least bubbly water? No. No, it's flat water, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, this is uh, room temperature tap huh? water. <laughs> it's like a tap with yeah. the brand our sink. And <laughs> <laughs> All right. This so, is actually, sorry, I must say, because yeah. I just tried it, this is actually surprisingly smooth. All you get is an aftertaste of apples. Huh. Just okay. really shocking because it's dry gin in it. And I'm like, oh, this, is, this might be a go-to drink. <laughs> Thanks, book I'm going to take that as a win just because I don't know if this book is going to ring with a win for everyone. I'm taking the, the drink Jessica made completely out of her own accord. As my <laughs> I like the book. I like the book a lot, personally. I did enjoy the book. It was kind of hard to follow. Yeah. I, I'm so curious. Like... I, I looked at the, the version Naima had to make sure of whether there would be a difference between it because the audiobook that I ended up picking up was released maybe a month ago um, in kind of like in time to go with the TV show that came out. Uh, and so in there, they actually say Sherlock and everything throughout. Um, it's, it's read in a very modern way and everything. So I was curious if there would be any differences, but no. You guys have the same text as me. I found it very easy to follow. I think probably for me, at least, it was stumbling over the names. Audiobooks will take that there, problem right out. Because there are a lot of characters and there are a lot of... Similar. There are not numerous locations, but they're, the names of the locations are repeated so frequently mm -hmm. that it's kind of like, okay, wait, I have to feel the need to like draw out a map. <laughs> I would very like so much agree with that only because I feel like this is written in the way that it would make a lovely second season for the Netflix series of Lupin because you could I just hop, it. you know, four different locations and they all work because you can see it. Having him describe every street name and every house and who's in the house and the upstairs and the downstairs and the stuff while like the word choice and the sentence structure, very flowy. It's a lot to keep track of if you're not Sherlock Holmes. Like my brain does not hold on to the information in the same way that the main characters will. Well, well, not only that, but like the names are in a different language. Like, and, and that you know, it is much easier for me to follow a bunch of Wilson, Johns, Jacks, and mm -hmm. Scott as opposed to Grammons. <laughs> Yours, the Baron, Garamons, yeah, like. Plus, I the abbreviations for Monsieur, Monsieur, mm. and Mademoiselle Mademoiselle. really <laughs> kept throwing me. I was like, wait, okay, hold on. I know these words. <laughs> uh -huh. Monsieur wasn't that bad. Mademoiselle was. It was just the M L L E. I was like, what is this? Yeah, it, it was like. <laughs> I was like, wait, wait, okay, no, it's it's Mademoiselle, okay. But then every time I came across it, I was like, wait, I have to. <laughs> <laughs> and I kept seeing, because Monsieur is M-O-N. Mm -hmm. mm -hmm. So I kept reading it as Monday. This <laughs> <laughs> is Mon. Every <laughs> sentence ends with Mon. <laughs> oh I was like, okay, Monday Dubois. And I was like, nope, not That's right. Not, nope. That's not it. <laughs> No, Try again. The experience for this one, personally, with the audiobook was fantastic. I forget the name of the person who they had do it. I believe it said that he does podcasts and some other things. Um, mm. The person they chose for this, he was really good. He was good. 
Steven, I don't know if you had the same version I did. I, uh, judging from that one sentence that, that I pulled out that was super specific, uh, yeah. it seemed like I did. Because okay. it, it was worded in, very, in a very specific way early on. That's the one. Yeah. Yeah, because um, in there, there's that sentence in the beginning. Um, I think all of us will recall it because it's, it's very specific. When the guy's first talking about the person who kind of came on, t- came on strong to him to try to buy the dresser yeah. from him. And oh, he, he yeah. said that he had a, a notion of being threatened or something along that line. Um, like he, he, he says that it was insinuated the threat with the offer of purchase. Mm-hmm. And the way they chose to word it was so specific that when I read it as like in the text, it was exactly the same wording that it came. Oh, okay. Yeah. Lovely. Cause yeah, I, it, I, it would be very easy for them to translate that differently. I think the translation was really good. So, mm-hmm. I mean, that's yeah. a thing just so everyone's aware. I tend to do the translated book. So this book was not originally written in English. It was originally written in French. Um, <laughs> I think the translation, as far as all the translated books I've read with you guys and all the translated books I've read entirely, was probably one of the cleanest translations <laughs> that I've ever read, just because there wasn't any like, ah, well, I don't know how to translate this sentence that's so niche, and that might be the subject, just because everything Sherlock Holmes revolves around logic, and it needs to kind of follow that, so there might be some more leaps from the French version, so if you read this in French and English, there might be some big deviations, mm-hmm. but really nicely so i like that steven i assume the sentence you are referring to is uh he declared the young man was greatly provoked at my refusal and i had that he threatened me as he went away can you read that part again i think the audio kind of cut it a little bit from my side the young man was greatly provoked at my refusal and i had an idea that he threatened me as he went away. Yeah, that's the one. Because yeah. it would be so easy for them to translate that differently. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I think that cued me in. That being, it was the yeah. same. So we essentially get two stories in this book. It's a collection of short Arsene Lupin versus Herlock Sloms. I was like, you know, she was like, you got it. <laughs> Thank you. Sholmes. So it, should there be a drinking game? Whenever someone says Sholmes, does, does everyone who has a drink have to drink it? What? Like, <laughs> say it again, Stephen. What is wrong with Sholmes? I think I think you and I are switching the L and the O's. Yeah, oh, you're yeah. Sholmes. Hard. And it's Sholmes. Yeah. It's just Sherlock. I can't do it. Sholmes Sh- sounds like it's Sholmes. an old beer that no one drinks anymore or something. Like, that's all that sounds like. I don't know why you guys are saying it this way. <laughs> well, it's a, that's a very good description for this Herlock Sholmes. Yeah. <laughs> Sholmes. See, here's oh. the problem with turning that into a drinking game, Stephen. I would be so drunk that we would never finish. <laughs> I could pull out a good episode. I'll edit it together. It's fine. <laughs> Thanks. Thanks. Yeah, so we, we, we got different stories in this one. We got different stories. So we open with uh, what ends up being essentially entitled The Blonde Lady. I really struggled. There are no chapters in this book, so it's not what? like these are divided. So that is a big difference, Stephen. So your the audiobook has chapters. The oh. Audiobook oh, yeah, no. Necessarily follow the. So we have, I think, five, six, seven, eight. We have eight sections or different mysteries within, you know, Sherlock Holmes mm-hmm. versus. Yeah. The, there are 
I think a few more chapters in the audiobook version because it breaks up some of the longer mysteries into two chapters just for yeah. I see. Yeah. But yeah, but these breaks are just like three little dots in the middle of the page. Yep. And then <laughs> yeah. switch to that little swoopy sloop. <laughs> I don't know what the, you call it. The 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 <laughs> slomy sloop. But no. <laughs> I'm trying to find a picture of it. But uh, for this one, honestly, I I don't know. It sounds like I might have had the better experience for <laughs> being an audiobook listener. Yes. So. The oh, yeah, nothing. It's, it's, All right. It's a loop-de-loop. <laughs> okay. Loop-de-loop. Loop-de-loop. Okay. Um, <laughs> I'm okay. not an art person. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> so the blonde lady. The blonde lady actually starts out not with the blonde lady, but with a professor and his daughter and the purchase of a writing desk. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that gets stolen. That happens to have a lottery ticket in it. Surprise! Lottery a ticket. winning lottery ticket. <laughs> yep. <laughs> really, for a, a million francs. A good which surprise. I did not do the conversion because I actually don't know what year this is oh, supposed fair. to have taken place in. So I have no idea what a million francs is in today's U.S. dollars. It's probably a decent amount. Oh, I'm sure. I'm sure. I'm sure. But. In any case, it's not that much more. It's about like a million ten, million one hundred and two. Not that much more. Hmm. Yeah, hmm. <laughs> like this is slightly not as exciting as I thought. Still a million dollars. <laughs> Wait, it's only a million. T- is it a million ten or a hundred and ten million? I. What isn't it a million francs? That was the. Mm-hmm. Uh huh. Yeah. yeah. No. It, it looks no. Like- no. No, no, I, I, oh. it was, it was, just, it was just getting real quiet, and it's an audio oh. podcast, <laughs> so I, yeah. I wanted to encourage people to talk through anyone just looking at something. Oh. <laughs> We're all struggling with math. <laughs> a million, a million none, none of us were math majors <laughs> or anything close. Okay, writing yeah. stolen, lovely lottery. Yeah. Writing, writing desk <laughs> stolen. There happened to have been a lottery ticket in it. Arsene Lupin and the professor. And is the professor? Gerbil. The professor. <laughs> Just the professor Gerbil. Um, <laughs> it's hamster feel. <laughs> I'm going with Gerbil. Gerbil. Excellent. So, Professor Gerbil uh, claims <laughs> ownership of the lottery ticket. Arsene claims ownership of the lottery ticket. And uh, has the letter for which the lottery ticket was purchased with. And that is just signed over to my dear friend. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. And the person who it was purchased from is dead, I presume. Yeah. Since just... nobody asked him. <laughs> kind of one of those things that I was like, it was probably written in there somewhere. But <laughs> also, I kind of got a little glossy eyed with yeah. the gerbils and the ponds <laughs> that I just shortly, <laughs> shortly after selling it, like he was settling mm-hmm. fares. And that's what was the whole. This is a mm-hmm. note to you all. Put the names of the people you're giving things to. Or on. might we recommend <laughs> seeing an attorney for your estate planning? <laughs> I mean, Arsene Lupin did. He he engaged he did. the attorney. He went to an know, attorney. Burglar mm-hmm. engaged an attorney to <laughs> help defend his rights. Defend his uh, rights to stolen property. <laughs> exactly. 
Uh, and then he wrote Professor Gerbil, hey, I know I stole it, but you can't prove it. And I have the ticket, but you've got the right to the ticket. And neither of us can do anything about it. So how about we split it 50-50? And if you don't agree to split it 50-50, I'll make this very painful for you. It's because he, essentially- he, he says it'll cost you 250,000 francs. That's yeah. the thing he says. He doesn't say like your daughter will be gone or anything. And then his daughter's just gone. No, no. He says it was going. He's basically going to take an additional two hundred and fifty thousand francs as like a fee for having to go through the trouble of whatever mm-hmm. he's going to do anyway. Yeah. So, which, uh, <laughs> being who I am, I was like, oh, so he's gonna like actually take it to court, and like it's gonna cost <laughs> you that much in attorney's fees. <laughs> <laughs> That's where my brain immediately went. Um, we can tell my bias. Uh-huh. Um, in any case, You're like a Jungi fan, Professor. Yeah, Professor Gerbil <laughs> was so ind- ind- indignant about the concept that Lupin would demand division of the property that's rightfully his. Gosh darn it! And so he refuses, and he shows the letter to Lupin all you know, the letter from Lupin all over the place, mm-hmm. and they say that is not sufficient evidence to prove that Lupin, in Ooh. fact, did steal the lottery ticket. Because they can't prove that that's Lupin's handwriting and that Professor Gerbil didn't just forge it. Mm-hmm. And so Lupin kidnaps Professor Gerbil's daughter. Assumedly. Assumedly. Uh, a- allegedly? I don't, I don't know what word we're going allegedly. with here. Allegedly. I like assumedly. That assumedly fits in with the <laughs> shenanigans that occur. That's fair. Yeah, because yeah, uh, he, he doesn't say it. Like, uh, like Lupin is never like, yeah, no, and I... Kidnapped yeah, your daughter. Yeah. <laughs> Everyone's just like, yeah, no, his daughter's gone. He's in this thing with with, with Arsene Lupin. He kidnapped his daughter. Yep. And important yep. thing for those and with Lupin is Lupin is like he's known as the gentleman burglar because he's got this sort of air. Everyone knows Lupin is a burglar. It's not like he's this man. It's like, oh, he's being accused of something for the first time. His name is widely known mm-hmm. all over France. As being a con man and a criminal, <laughs> but they can never catch him. Yeah. Well, Would- and on top of that, he like intentionally fuels the newspaper fires. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, he's oh, yeah. like, yes, I like the attention. Give me more of the attention, please. It's all you. a game, quite similar yeah. to like Sherlock's, you know, deciphering crimes. His committing crimes is a game for him. The- yes. One thing that I, I, I don't know um, for you, Jess, maybe this was a thing. My attachment to the character Lupin the Third was the thing that got me to enjoy this, I think, initially, because yeah. he's very much the same kind of character where that um, uh, Arsene Lupin has uh, Guenimont, who, who's coming after him all the time. Uh, Lupin the Third has, I think it's uh, Inspector Zinigata who's always coming after him. Yeah, something like that. You know, Lupin the Third was made after this yep. character. Oh yeah, yeah, no, it's like yeah. intentionally Lupin the Third because he's, he's the third, third. Lupin. So, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, in any case, Professor Gerbil loses his mind. Things get resolved. They all meet at the lawyer's office. They split the cash fifty-fifty, and it turns out Professor Gerbil's daughter was just taking a walkabout with the quote-unquote blonde lady. Uh, for two weeks throughout Europe, they were just traveling. She was having—that's what uh, ladies do. Having the time of her life. 
got some learning uh, done, went to some new places, you know, apparently yeah. snagged the possibility of a good marriage. So It's true. Well, except, no, she was all. She was already going to marry her cousin Philip. Yeah. Well, she yeah. Li- she liked him. She liked her cousin Philip. Yeah, but her, what her, it dad, was. her dad was not cued in on this, though. Yeah. No, he no. was not. So our Silicon kind of clued that it. in, like, "Hey, we're going to set up a marriage while we're doing this." Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, it was like, and here's her wedding gift. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They were courting each other in a way, but I think the cousin didn't have a lot of money, but now lottery money. So I think that's actually what. Yeah, that'll do it, (laughs) right? So, in any case, Lupin and Blonde Lady escape, and then we move into new section and a retired Baron. Yeah, Baron. Baron. Yeah, a retired Baron ends up dead, and all the doors, windows are locked, and the only and the servant is the one who finds him. And then the only other person is the secretary, blonde lady. <laughs> She's gone. And Grimond, the detective, is ripping his hair out, going, "Can't you see? These are all connected." And everybody's like, "Yeah, you're funny." Yeah, like the the one you're one funny. guy, the other guy who seems to be above him is like, "Yeah, no, it's probably him this time too, right?" Sure, always yeah. Lupin. Right. It's Lupin. Um. Book tropes of always the like the back and forth between you've got the law enforcement and always that one person. Just like how Sherlock has his counterpart, Ganimard is Lupin's. Like it's always going to be him, and it always yeah. is. Mm-hmm. Give him for that. It always is him. Right. So, in any case, the real mystery is the blue diamond <laughs> that sits on the Baron's hand, um, which was not stolen, so it was auctioned. And the Countess something something or another. Uh. <laughs> yeah, no, the, the lady who done with, won the bid. Yeah. yeah. The lady done won the bid. The Countess who collects jewelry, because do we know a Countess who doesn't collect jewelry? But that's beside the point. Uh, jewelry Countess. Jewelry <gasps> can we call, countess can we call her the, ba- the Barefoot Contessa? <laughs> sure. Okay. So the Barefoot Contessa. <laughs> Thank you. The Barefoot Thermal Contessa. and the Barefoot Contessa. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> I should probably actually attempt to pronounce her name at least once in this podcast. No, no, I like no, words. Do it. Yep. <laughs> Crazone? No, that's the yeah. show. Crazone? Never mind. Calzone? No, Calzone. it's Calzone. Yeah, it's okay. That. So, Barefoot Contessa goes to the Chateau Calzone uh, with her blue diamond. <laughs> I th- I th- After having won it. it her and name- takes off. Her, it's Ina Garten. Ina Garten. <laughs> is her name takes off takes barefoot contestant takes off all her jewelry so she can play the piano for all her guests who include hair ambassador Germany person and um the blue diamond goes missing mm-hmm. they determine it's the ambassador and just as he gets ready to leave the country they arrest him and they find blue diamond in his toothpaste container yeah I think it was actually a toothpaste container but We'll no, yeah, it, it's something it's a tooth. I think, yeah, yeah, it was something tooth, something. Anyway, um, and Detective Germain goes traipsing about trying to figure it out, and he comes to the conclusion it is the blonde lady mm-hmm. posing as Madame Deriel, 
who didn't exist before six months ago when the Barefoot Contessa met her, Mm -hmm. and who was also at the Chateau Calzone. So, he hunts her down, he stages a big ta-da moment, and the real Madame Real shows up. Mm-hmm. Not Ta-da! the same person. Yeah. I like that he's, he says this whole thing and he's, he's like, and is this the blonde lady that you saw? And the guy's just like, nope. No, no I mean, I get, I get how you got there, but besides them both being blonde, not at all, dude. <laughs> yep. And the real Madame Real whips out a letter. Hands it to him, and it's from Arsene Lupin going, na 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 na. It's like, I owe you. <laughs> you can't get me. Na 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 na. So the barefoot Contessa and. So the barefoot Contessa and the barefoot Count ask Detective Grimond if they can invite Herlock Sholmes to come and solve the case. And. Detective Gramon goes, yeah, sure, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> Give it a shot. Yeah, like, when so, they, go to invite Sher- they go to invite Sherlock, and he's like, yeah, I mean, go ahead. Like, I mean, I can tell you how it's going to go. It's impossible to catch him. <laughs> like, this isn't going to work, but if anybody could do it, probably him. Yeah. So I will assist however I can. And that way, when he then screws up, you can all stop teasing me about it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> So, in comes Herlock Sholmes with Wilson. the very yeah with Wilson. Wilson who drops the doctor because now he's no longer a doctor. The French just hate the English. He's, he's just a volleyball really. maker at this point. It's just <laughs> pretty much. And wouldn't you know when they first land, them and Arsène Lupin and our author are all at a restaurant together. It's a Hey, I take it back. I take it back. Earlier, I said that, that uh, Watson got one good one in this one. He nailed it with two in this one. Mm-hmm. And after the, the dinner, he nailed that one. She looks like, why, why do you think, why do you suppose he was here? And Watson's like, to eat. To eat. He's like, you nailed it in one, dude. Got it. Like there was, there was no ulterior motive. It was literally just like a, oh, Okay, cool. We could play this game. We can have fun. <laughs> and so they have a lovely conversation. They have a gentleman's standoff. And they're basically like, all right, game, set, match. I'll see you on the field. It's honestly, they lay out the plan for the rest of the book. Sherlock <laughs> goes, yeah. I have 10 days here and I will arrest you on the 10th day. And person's supposed like, not the 11th. And he's like, no, no, I only have 10 days. <laughs> Just like, what's going on between us? Right? I, I like that. I, I feel like in that exact moment, um, Lupin decided, you know what, to win this one, I don't necessarily even have to not be caught. All I have to do is throw off the whole 10 days thing, and I have won. Yep, like, he can still be caught, but then he, he can just be like, it's 11 days though. So, <laughs> but my favorite ten of this is very um, explicitly notes that Sherlock is o- the only adversary worthy of the name. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. So, and it, and it's very much they have great respect for each other, <laughs> although they're adversaries. Although Lupin clearly has the upper hand as he puts it, because he's got the easier job. He just has to evade capture. He doesn't actually have to 
capture anybody. Yeah. (laughs) He's like, I literally just have to mess up their stuff. Yeah. Like, I don't have to do anything. I just have to mess up their stuff. He literally does. He does do it. He literally does. He he goes around and he drops sandbags right near them and he has horses run right right into them, but not too into them. And then he has people... Yeah, that's the one. He he's, he has their luggage taken. They're locked out of the place they're staying at. Um, or my, you know, I his first one is in fact they go to the house of the Baron's murder, and Arsene Lupin locks them in for the evening. <laughs> says, Have fun. Bye bye. Here's some dinner. He invites Wilson alone by giving him a note to meet Sherlock there because Sherlock would have been alone, and he's like, "Well, that's just not nice." So convinces Locke. <laughs> You go and meet Sherlock there, at which point they're locked in together with dinner. So, yeah, French hospitality. Yeah. But no but no beds. No beds. No beds. Yeah. Which no. is very French. Like, we're worried about the food you'll consume, not necessarily where you'll, you'll figure out. <laughs> like, that's, that's not our concern. Um, so, after all of these various issues, Wilson ends up in the hospital with a broken arm. And Sherlock goes on the sneaky sneak. <laughs> and eventually, after more, what I would consider Tom and Jerry. Mm-hmm. That's fair. <laughs> it's, yeah. very a Tom, it's very much a Tom and Jerry kind of situation with all of the weird calamities. Arsene Lupin gets arrested <laughs> and probably escapes. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And then, and then, and then, said, like, one. and then waves him off. Yeah, and then it's like, bye bye, bye, have fun back in England. It was, okay, so I'll see you Na- later. Naima and I watched recently a lot of the nanny, and there's that scene where the boat is going away, and it has, um, oh, I forget, I forget his name. The the Sheff- brother, yeah, like the other uh, Mister Sheffield, uh, and he's going off on the boat, and she's just standing on. Like the, the the dock for the place. That's all I was imagining, and he's just like, "Bye." He's like waving. They're just thirty seconds too late. It's like, oh. <laughs> so we then jump ahead, and the French reach out to Herlock Sholmes, and they go, "We have another Sholmes. Lupin case for you. Take a drink." <laughs> 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 They're actually taking drinks. This is good. This is good. I approve. I follow instructions. harder than yours is. Can you please not? <laughs> <laughs> so, right as he gets that note from the detectives, I send the pawn sends him a note that says, Nah, dude, don't come. <laughs> don't come. Which, Herlock Sholmes. Says, says, you don't tell me what to do. I'm going and I'm going to capture you. Which I feel like Arsene had to know what happened. Yeah. Like, you don't tell me. <laughs> don't do it. Or I'm going to do it. I know. <laughs> and the no. Jewish lamp is a much shorter story. story. Yeah. <laughs> like, a, a much, much, because, like, I mean, to be fair, like, a third of the blonde lady is just setting up. For Herlock Sholmes to arrive. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then in the Jewish lamp, it's two pages, <laughs> two, three pages. And then they're like, yes, he's here. Yeah. 
So, <laughs> but in an interesting twist, Lupone is protecting the family. That deal is dealing with the theft of the lamp, mm-hmm. and Hairlock Shlomes basically comes in and blows the shit up. Y- y'all got um. a drink. Sorry, I'll take it for a second. So you know, yeah, it, it <laughs> like the, the the second section, like I guess I don't know, third mystery, but second mystery. It, it was two hours in the audio book where the rest of the book had been like four and a half. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, if it had the best part though of them on the boat getting shot at. Come get me. Like ducking behind Sherlock. So in the end they're getting shot at and Arsene Lupin fakes his death. <laughs> falling into the river. Oh my. Very dramatically Full, full Phantom of the Opera flair. Right, and dot, dot, dot. And dot, dot, dot. He's not dead. (laughs) He shows up back on the boat as Hairlock is headed back to England with um, the other culpable party who he has snuck out of France because she didn't really deserve to be caught. And Arson gives him a light. And Hairlock's like, oh, well, yeah. <laughs> oh, you know what? One of the English chiefs of police is walking right by. I'm going to go have him arrest you. And he's like, if you have him arrest me, I have him arrest her. Yeah. <laughs> and Hairlock Sholmes was just like, yay, goes, Fine, I hate you. <laughs> okay, then. Kind of the way I feel like Biden and McConnell sit and look at each other like... <laughs> Just like... Oh. I, I was thinking, like, the, sta- the stand-up from Donald Glover, there's the part where he's like, uh, there's a there's a tiny clansman man that he hangs out with, and he pitches this whole, <laughs> like, like, a, like a, the sitcom thing, and he's like... Tiny clansman. I, I hate you. I hate you too, tiny clansman. <laughs> in any case and of course Herlock Sholmes is also really upset about the fact that he has to lie about the Jewish lamp and how it was recovered and all of that good stuff because he can't admit Arsene Lupin was being the good guy <laughs> since we, we've taken it through the, the, the actual story stuff mm-hmm. in the beginning of the, the first story were you a little, was anyone else a little bit confused about who was supposed to be the narrator in this one? It took yes. me, it yeah. took me a hot minute, basically until the dinner when it came across that this was a person who was his biographer. Yeah. For mm-hmm. Arsene Lupin. Mm-hmm. Yeah. At first I thought it was Arsene Lupin himself. Yeah. Okay. yeah. And then I thought... Maybe it's Arsene Lupin's version of Watson. Mm-hmm. I mean, it kind of still is, though, serving in I mean, that kind of regard. Is. Yeah. Except he doesn't do any of the actual. Yeah, he doesn't learning. have uh, like a, a, I guess, an accomplice in the way that like Sherlock has mm-hmm. Watson. He has a bunch of accomplices that know what their job is in this one situation. Cause like he has his attorney, which his attorney knows exactly who Arsene Lupin is, but Mm -hmm. does never actually like, 
he knows him. how he reaches out to him. He doesn't mm-hmm. know like what he'll look like at any given time because Arsene Lupin has this ability that, at least in this book for me, they do not explain how he changes his looks where they're like, it's not Thank as if you. he okay. I, okay. it, They're it, like, you don't look the same anytime I've seen you unless he just has that face. It's like, no, if you throw on glasses, you're Superman, man. Superman Clark can't, can't tell. It's, it's just <laughs> yeah. contouring, guys. You can do a lot. With, you, with, can. Like, with, with, you can do a lot with a, a shape sponge. <laughs> I mean, I think can do a lot. Yeah. the Netflix series handles that really well. So for those of you who do read this book, I, this is the first time I will ever suggest both a TV show and a book at the same time. Because most Ooh. they conflict. They're both honestly really good. Um, mm-hmm. They do take a sort of, uh, I guess, inspiration from this book with Sherlock Holmes or possibly one of the previous Lupin series is for the TV show, which is kind of like the auction happening of a very expensive item and how he kind of sneaks in and does that. But yeah, at the beginning of the book, I didn't think it was Arsene like narrating because he referred to himself as the young man. And that was weird. But then immediately upon the second chapter, I was like, no, it's him talking. Then you come to find out it's neither. But, (laughs) but I did write a couple of discussion questions on my own because I really wanted to know. How you guys felt about the first encounter between Sherlock and Arsene? Because I like, to me, it fell into normal Sherlock fashion, where for some reason it's a cafe or a bar yeah. or somewhere where there's alcohol, <laughs> um, and it's kind of got Sherlock giving his full like spiel of what's going to happen. Like he tells him how the rest of the like their interaction is going to go down. Okay, yeah, I I very much liked that part. I liked the parts where Sherlock and Lupin were interacting. Yeah. I did not like the parts where it was just Sherlock. <laughs> That's fair. The question is, how do you feel about the description of Sherlock? Because I, in my opinion, the French got very French here, where they yeah. took a very like prominent English character and went, Nope. <laughs> I liked it. I, I liked the way they described Sherlock because they were like, you know, like he he's like a talented person, you know, someone like straight out of a novel, maybe he's written by like, ma- ma- maybe he'd be written by like, I don't know, Arthur Conan Doyle, maybe. And that's literally in the text yeah, when they're describing was, the character. Like a few pages later, they also mentioned the fact that like wilson or watson starts doubting sherlock's abilities when he couldn't figure out something which would never happen in a sherlock novel that's okay but they were like he can't have it all this isn't a novel about him so they were like he's got to have a weakness and for some reason it was in his ability to figure some things out which was odd so i i had less of a problem with how they treated sherlock than how they treated watson I'm like, Watson was just like, where Sherlock was taken from here to here, Watson was taken from here to like down just, there. Yeah, move him out of the room. He's not here anymore. He like, he's, he's just no. a horrified bag carrier. Like, yes. At one yeah. point, Sherlock leaves him somewhere, doesn't it? It's just like, you need to the stay here. Like, he literally, he literally <laughs> leaves him at the hospital. He's like, bye. <laughs> I have a very important mission for you. Stay here. It doesn't yeah. give him water that he asked for. So <laughs> I was like, okay, Sherlock's rude, but he's not that rude. Between Sherlock and the Watson in this book was uh Sherlock was like, I'm going to, you know, get some sleep or get some rest. You can go do this. And Watson was basically like, Okay, I'll watch you sleep. 
<laughs> and I was like, what? No, I like, he's shooting up right now. But that was also a thing that was missing. And I don't know if it's for front audiences. They don't mention Sherlock's in, increased alcoholicness or, you know, drug use or anything of the sort in this at all. I imagine they when were prob- when he's on foreign soil, he's on his best behavior. That's uh, fair. Yeah. yeah. No. <laughs> no. He can't be a criminal if he's chasing the criminal. That wouldn't look good. Yeah. Okay. I think they were probably playing both of the characters of both writers much more comedically and lightly than they would handle them in their own books. Personally, I we're, we're not yeah. reading other Lupin novels or anything, but even just looking at the tone of how they choose to do it for the TV show, uh, which I mean is absolutely nothing to judge it by, but I'm going to anyway. Um, even, even with that, honestly, it does still, it, it's still more grounded in this. He's the main thing that he keeps saying about himself is when you're a person who enjoys life as much as I do walking around like the Dos Equis man, like I, like <laughs> that's the only thing that he has as a character trait. Arson Dos Equis. Yeah. <laughs> No, I really, I really do appreciate it. And all of his pseudonyms throughout the entire book, like he was like at least four or five different characters throughout this whole thing. Mm-hmm. And I think that was the thing that made it a bit hard to follow. Which is like when you found out, ah, what was the last name? It was Bernard or something. Like ah, yes, this is also Arsene Lupin, and so is that guy, and that one over there, um, the guy that's in the bar with the four guys following him, also. <laughs> Because everyone was him, because no one apparently can put like a finger on what his face looked like. Yeah, in in the in the description of Sherlock, he was generous there, because yeah. he said that Sherlock would know him and was probably looking at his neck and shoulders to figure out where he had seen them before. The lovely part of that one was that he was like, like he would recognize him. He's like, no one else but him would recognize me because he would mm-hmm. like see his soul or something like he would recognize me for me not my physical outward appearance and it's like that is that's a bit like that was so much credit given to sherlock where other times they were just like can't do anything he's very 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 no longer pick locks (laughs) i locked us in and i was like can't you pick locks though i i I think sherlock for this whole case this whole situation where he was having to deal with arsene lupin was just having a good time. It's like when, when they go to shoot an Adam Sandler movie and Adam Sandler just casts all of his friends and makes sure that they're <laughs> going somewhere tropical. Like, yeah, you're working, but you're also having a good time. I, that's yeah. all this whole thing was. Yeah. He was like, oh, this could be fun. Let's just kind of see where this goes. Maybe I'll make a friend. Yeah. Like. <laughs> he did. Nice, nice to go against somebody other than Moriarty for a change. That's true. You can only hang out with him so much. Not looking to like absolutely burn the world down. (laughs) So, all all in all, I really liked it. Like this was a really good time. All I could think during this one was that I, I wish that the Benedict Cumberbatch series was still going, (laughs) and that we got to see it crossover with the Lupin series. Just like out here, I can't promise anything, but someone on the internet more recently said that season two of Lupin, they didn't mention Benedict Cumberbatch, but they're like some of the more recent Lupin series, such as this one. Have done a crossover? To like what we can expect in season two. And I'm like, you don't give me Sherlock. Yeah. (laughs) I will drive up to the headquarters and murder you. (laughs) I could see that being like a season three, season four, like yeah. kind of special. Yeah. You know what I mean? 
No. Um, so, Stephen, overall, you enjoyed it. Jessica, your thoughts overall? I did. I actually really did enjoy it. It was just, there were so many fun scenes in it. A lot of it. There was a lot of useless stuff in it, but like there was just so many fun things. <laughs> like the water scene will forever stay. Also's <laughs> just like, can I have some water? And Sherlock's like, oh, this water? And just like leaves it across the way. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> <laughs> yeah no this was so not gonna lie this was much easier to read naima than the other translated one um it's it's probably portuguese one yeah start that one that one which that was is, a struggle. It's lovely that like you say that because I brought that up with Stephen because he was wondering if this is just like a more modern translation. This was mm-hmm. translated in 1910, so this isn't like this was translated. Wow. Well, no, th- this is def- this is definitely an updated one. There's no way this this particular translation is that old. Personally, because there, there's just certain ways of of the use of contraction the and things. Translator like that. is still alive, <laughs> so. Because like I think when we were looking at it, there was something about the '80s at least mentioned in the like the the details in the beginning of yours. Because it even just the use of contractions alone is yeah. m- considerably more modern. I have, um, I yeah. mean, it says this edition is derived from the M. A. Donahue and Company edition, translated into English from really French by George Moorhead, originally published in 1910. This work is in the public domain of the United States. No copyright claim is made with respect to this domain work. So, Der- derived from. Yeah. Well, and derived, it says trans- translated by George Moorhead. Yeah, no, it, it, like if if it's still con- like attributed to that person, because that's again, it's so specifically modern. <laughs> I like I can't put more specific stuff to it than that. It's just very. Very specific. I'm going to have to find this out after this podcast. But <laughs> just comparatively of the two books, even if this is a little bit more modern than that one, just like because even uh, that book the, was mo- was relatively new by itself. Yeah, even. that book was seventies, eighties, early and 80s. translated more recently, and it was just such a struggle for that person to make anything that would make any kind of sense. Yeah. <laughs> No, I, I was really pleasantly surprised about this. And I have to thank Jess because it was between this book and the previous Lupin series that made this book a reality because Sherlock was introduced at the end of the previous Lupin series just as a like, aha, and Sherlock exists sort of thing. And people loved it. So they were like, got to enter this into the world. You know, <laughs> like yeah. we need this. And I was hesitant to pick that book because there were like a mixed bag of reviews. Mm. You know, your English people going, that's not Sherlock. And your French people going, woo. This is fun. <laughs> I mean, yeah, it's kind of just like, woo, this is fun. It like, it's fun. Just, this isn't. Yeah. So, no, I enjoyed it. But so next week, we mm-hmm. wrap up our Sherlock marathon with Steven's pick. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Steven, what are we reading for you? So, we were, we were kind of planning this whole thing around the, the different specific kind of choices that we usually make. Like sticking to our strengths for this one. So for yours, Elizabeth, we did something that was older, a little more historical. So the first the first novel for Jess's, we did something that was a YA book. Yay. Um, and then for Naima's, it was a translated novel. For mm-hmm. mine, honestly, I, I was kind of going with the idea of comics before. I, I was trying to figure out what exactly to do until I had a conversation. Well, actually, 
I had a conversation, but it was just given to me by Keith, who is from uh, the We Have Issues podcast yeah. here on Geek Elite. And he gave me a pretty good suggestion for this one. And I think it's a great way to close this out. It's nice and short, nice and easy. And depending on the person, maybe it's a great way to do this one. We're going to do an audio thing because audio books. <laughs> Uh, and it's it's only 45 minutes long. Awesome. Written and read by Neil Gaiman. Um, awesome. Uh, I love and this is called A Study in Emerald. Oh. Okay. So, uh, thank you, Keith. I mean, thank you, Keith. We have a at the same time, Keith, I hate you because I now have to listen to an audiobook, which means I have it's to go pay for minutes. an audiobook. It's three dollars. Oh, <laughs> it's, it's forty-five like, minutes. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> well, like most of the time, audiobooks like you you get the paperback for eight ninety-nine, but the audiobooks twenty-three ninety-nine. Mm-hmm. And it's like, yeah, it'll be a anyone this costs money to make what are they charging for what are you talking about all of the all of the recording time the 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 the, the sag actor who's who's reading it i do not i do not fault them they have expenses i'm just not willing to pay 23.99 for a book that i can get for 8.99 and keep forever I understand there is like money and there are a lot of expenses involved in recording it. I also know that I can find a lot of books read by a random person on YouTube. So <laughs> the thing that you guys are paying when you're getting a book for cheaper while having like just like a physical book is that that's the only thing you get to do really with like with your eyes. If I'm do- if I'm using an if I'm listening to an audiobook, I can do whatever the hell I, else I want at the same time. I can't do yes, that. I agree because I would not have had time this week unless I had the audiobook to read this book. I think <laughs> audiobooks are great. I just I know I'm not a person who can do both. I can multitask for a lot of things. But, but you voice- you have listened to the last three books as audiobooks. Yeah, but I wasn't doing anything else. That's the problem. I still have to sit there and just go. You were you were working at the same time. Which I is exactly how it. I take an audio thing. <laughs> I'll I, go to I, like a cat. <laughs> I'm, I'm not saying that there's inherently like one superior thing. I think they I both agree. have trade-offs <laughs> and like pluses and minuses. So I will I will apologize. So I am a visual learner. Mm-hmm. So my ability to recall the plot <laughs> is going to suffer. Luckily, it's only 45 minutes, mm-hmm. so I should be able to take notes, which should help. <laughs> <laughs> But, yes, we will give this a shot. So join us back next week to wrap up our month-long Sherlock or Herlock Sholmes. Hey! Hey. Brought it it around nice and strong at the end. (laughs) She still drinks. (laughs) (laughs) It's a celebratory one this time. It's a celebratory drink. Uh, Next week for Stephen's audiobook by Neil Gaiman. Mm -hmm. So... Naima, if people want to reach out to you with fun translations of international works, where can they find you? I am on Instagram as other pages, other places, and also on Instagram and Twitter as Imogenon. And Jessica, if people want to talk to you about listening to audiobooks while painting, where mm-hmm. can they find you? You can find me on Twitter as JM Bailey Writes. I'm also on Instagram as JM Bailey Writes, and I do post some of my paintings on there sometimes. <laughs> 
And Stephen, if people want to reach out to you to accost you about listening to audiobooks, where can they find you? <laughs> well, you, you can come and find me. It, it's nice and easy on Twitter. I've mentioned it before. But do me a favor, go check out the We Have Issues podcast with your time this week. Um, go find them. It's just a WHI podcast, WIP podcast on Twitter. So go have a good time over there. Although, please do not go accost Keith. He is not subject to this, <laughs> <laughs> this debate. He's just kindly helping Stephen out with a book selection. But uh, speaking of such, please remember to rate, review, and subscribe to this podcast on whatever podcatcher you use. You can find me with the rest of Geek Elite Media at Geek Elite Media and our Facebook page forward slash Geek Elite Media. Archived episodes of this podcast and other podcasts on the Geek Elite Media Network can be found on our website, geekelitemedia.com. If you have a couple extra dollars, please run on over to our Patreon page <laughs> forward slash Geek Elite Media. It helps to support all of the activities that we do here and with all of the other podcasts on the network. Until next time, this is the love of pages reminding you to keep turning those pages and always remember to geek, geek out. 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 This concludes our broadcast. Peace.